Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for football, hockey, and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 6 or visit TicketKingOnline.com For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings we present Bonus Chatter Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered and uninterrupted This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, and I'm joined by Derek Wetmore here at Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's about, what time is it, Derek? 1.30. Huh? 1.30 in yeah. the morning yeah. after the Vikings claimed the NFC North title for the first time since 2009. Special guest again, ESPN.com's Ben Gessling is here to go over the Vikings claiming the NFC North crown from the Green Bay Packers. First the of all... second annual... Uh, Late night podcast from Ben's hotel room at the Fairfield Inn on Oneida Street in Green Bay, is it not? It's it is. Are we are we in the same room? I don't know if we're in the same room, but this has no. become a tradition now. It's not the same room. We and might in be. In fact, last year I think we lament about how it's late now. Last year we it was later last year. Like an I think. hour, <laughs> an hour later than this. So, listeners of the Purple Podcast actually might be treated to like a little bit more coherent thought processes in this podcast than last year's. There were also. Maybe treated a more coherent quarterbacking too, which is not necessarily a, a compliment on how Teddy Bridgewater played tonight. But last year was Christian Ponder, so you know uh, that's not a real high bar to clear. No, it's not. But the Vikings didn't need Teddy Bridgewater to get back on track. I guess a little bit. We said Christian Ponder's name before bit. we mentioned the we, fact the Vikings won the division. We did. No, no, no. I how mentioned it. I mentioned it off the top. I tried to get oh, that sorry, in there. I was try to get some stats in there. Some actual what happened. Yeah, I wasn't listening. The Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers 20-13 to to win the division. They will host the Seattle Seahawks on uh, Sunday at high noon at TCF Bank Stadium. That's the reward for getting the first yeah. NFC North title yeah. in six years. In the second season under Mike Zimmer, uh, Ben, you were in the locker room. Derek, so were you at, at times. We saw what the emotion was like, at least. They were somewhat subdued, though. And that kind of, to me at least, comes across as... This is kind of Mike Zimmer's team. That transformation, I think, has taken place. And for a team to have won the division, finally won that game, 
there was a lot of hooting and hollering, a lot of you know an FC North champion hats and shirts. But outside of that, it was hey, we got 24 hours, then we got to turn it right around. Yeah, I mean, I there was a lot of that, but I think there was definitely a sense of satisfaction in there. I mean, I thought, I mean, Mike Zimmer after the game, I thought was a little more emotional. You could just tell that it it meant something to him more than he's necessarily able to say. I mean, I think he knows that he has to kind of play the part and bring them back down now. But there were a few of his answers after the game that I thought you could tell this meant a lot to him. And just for players like Chad Greenway, Brian Robinson, Adrian Peterson, I mean, guys that have been through it and lost a lot over the last few years, I, I think it did mean something to them to... A, win the division, and B, do it how they did it in the building that they've had so much trouble in a game that looked like it was going to get away from them, and they finally well. didn't blow. I mean, you you think about all the times that we saw that in the last couple of years of them blowing a late lead, and you know, you're, you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh, it's going to happen again. Aaron well, how many, times were they not, out. how many times were they not even in a game at Lambeau Field? Well, yeah, Field? There's, uh, there's plenty of those, too. One win in the last year. 10 years before tonight at yeah. Lambeau Field. Well, it, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception from the little bit that I was in the locker room um, after the press conferences with Mike Zimmer and Teddy Bridgewater was that kind of almost felt like, you know, in talking to uh, Brian Robinson after the game, who's one of those veterans you're mentioning, Ben, kind of just like business as usual, which is surprising to me considering the team hasn't been here before, hasn't been, uh, you know, most of these players haven't been NFC North champions ever. They haven't hosted a first-round playoff game, which they'll have the luxury of doing this year. Uh, I say luxury even though it's the Seahawks. But, you know, you're hosting a playoff game. That's something that is sort of a, a hurdle to have cleared in terms of uh, barometer of success for teams. And it's they kind of acted like they'd been there before. They seem to have at least, from my perspective, bought into something, though, that it, they deem greater than themselves individually. And I think that that speaks to Mike Zimmer and kind of what he's built. Less than two years now. It, it would have been two years ago this month that the Vikings hired him as yeah. head coach. And who would have thought that two years later they'd be sitting in this spot beating Green Bay on the road to take it from them when they had a chance to win their fifth straight division title? Well, that, that was sort of the thing that I was asking guys after the game was that, I mean, did this feel to you at all like it happened sooner than expected? I mean, I asked Zimmer that. I asked Chad Greenway that. I think I asked Adrian that and Brian Robinson. I mean, kind of the guys that we're talking about. Um, you know, there were different answers on that. I, I think Zimmer said maybe a little bit. I mean, Greenway said, yeah, it probably is a little sooner than we expected. The thing Brian Robinson said is when you saw this guy come in and you saw how he was going to work us and the standards that he was going to have, he said you could tell pretty quickly that he is going to expect that we change things quickly, that there's not going to be this long tail development curve mm -hmm. of you know we have to take a few years mm -hmm. before we're good it was going to be we're going to turn this thing around and we're going to do it quickly you I, don't I think, always get that long tail in the nfl either you no know, you don't but you also sometimes get things that don't feel as sustainable sure. as this does and, and we'll have to see i mean that'll bear itself out over time i mean this could turn out to be a one-year thing and or you know they it takes them a couple of years to get back but there is a feeling around the organization that they have the pieces now that they need to do this pretty often. I mean, Mike Zimmer said it to his team after the game, get used to this. We're going to be doing this a lot. I mean, that will, again, bear itself out over time. But 
I think there is probably more of a feeling, certainly, that this is sustainable than the last times they've been to the playoffs. You're right, Ben. I think that's the key there is that they feel like they've got a foundation from which to work, whether that's using guys that Rick Spielman drafted before Mike Zimmer ever got here or just the coaching styles that Zimmer's instilled now, that mentality, that that it doesn't matter if they're down Linval Joseph, they're going to basically front seven men at the line of scrimmage every time and try to stop Eddie Lacy and do the things that they hadn't done uh, in, in games past. And I think that's the biggest thing now is that they've got the talent pool. They've got the players there. I thought the Vikings were a more talented team than Green Bay. I just didn't pick them to beat Green Bay. I just thought this was a situation with such a young team that on the big stage, they had failed so many times yeah. on the big stage, and this is the time when they finally broke through. Sure. Well, but I mean, in, in your defense, and, and Ben, in, in yours as well, because I think, I think you picked the Packers for this game. Who really, who could have seen the Vikings winning this game, you know? Everybody I mean, listening I, to this podcast? At Lambeau who, Field. Oh, Derek Wetmore. Oh, God. <laughs> at oh, Lambeau God. Field. I mean, you're on the road. The division's at stake. Not succeeded at Lambeau. You didn't beat the Packers. In fact, you got kind of embarrassed by the Packers on your own field earlier this and season. one man was able to break through it all. I, who? Who? I don't know. I I think uh, I think he would like saying, to introduce himself. You're just saying there was one. There had can, to have been. Can you hear that? Person. It's actually your hurry up music. Your I speech forgot. needs I, to wrap I up. I forgot his name, but somebody. <laughs> your speech needs to wrap up because you've you've had your allotted time now. Dude. All right. All right, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. You know, you when, did though. Derek Wetmore picked him, and we did. When people come on this thing and beat everybody over the head with predictions they made that yeah. turned out to be correct, yeah. whether it's a game or whether it's a player that excels in training camp, uh-huh. it's it's kind of obnoxious. It's, it's just annoying. I know. I, I mean, get it. I, don't, you know, I, I personally would not do that myself. <laughs> oh, of course. With Mr. Mankato, <laughs> you have never done if, that. If I were ever to... You've never gloated across, and told somebody else who's wrong no, either. No, I, yeah. that's, that's not something I would do. It's not... <laughs> In keeping with how I like to conduct myself, you but I appreciate a, that you that you see that. But I, I just it's really off putting. There's isn't like it? there's like four listeners who remember that Ben picked Adam Thielen for Mr. Mankato last and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs this year, yes, yes, yes. How about Adam Thielen though? Before he got hurt and had to leave the game, he kind of yeah. changed some things a little bit. That first drive when they ran the fake punt to him. I wouldn't say that changed the game because it was so early, but it kind of set the tone for, hey, the Vikings are going to come out and to be get, aggressive. Yeah, to get back on course from your guys' acceptance speeches. Um, <laughs> what I we, would just like to thank the Academy. <laughs> what we saw is I think we saw that, that approach, that different approach at least. Where hey, it, the, it was an, the next time or the first time that you have anything to go out about, we will whoa, create time for you to do that as well. Let's go home. <laughs> Shut it down. It's my Dirk Nowitzki. We saw Mike Zimmer's approach. I'm just going to leave that die on the vine, as somebody would say. For this thing, don't we? Fair enough. I think, though, that we saw Mike Zimmer's approach uh, change, the aggression. We saw it. We, we saw the fact that Mike Zimmer's talked about it, and Mike Prefer has talked about it, that Mike Prefer is the one who's been kind of empowered by Mike Zimmer to be more aggressive in these spots. He okay. said it before, and that's something I think we saw, a 41-yard fake punt on the opening drive. Yeah. It was fourth and three. They were at their own 38-yard line. It's and not the like Packers there's... had an unbalanced line on it, too. Yeah, right? exactly, which means they clearly saw something on the film. They knew yeah. they could take advantage of it, and that was just great coaching. Uh, yeah. And then you saw the aggression, too. I think that's, that's the pivot now and you see with this team is you see them kind of buying into the entirety of what they want to do and they're doing it well and and you saw them get after Aaron Rodgers with the blitz and that's something that Mike Zimmer hadn't done against Aaron Rodgers in the three games 
prior uh, coaching the Vikings against Aaron Rodgers. They yeah. kind of backed off him every single game, and this is the one where he kind of put it down, and now the Packers are beat up, obviously, without sure. David Bakhtiari up front. Uh, they were having protection troubles all the time anyway. They moved Josh Sitton, the left guard, over to left tackle. Uh, Everson Griffin had a huge game because of that. So yeah, I think you saw the game plan kind of take shape there, and, and, that, and it's all the aggression from Mike Zimmer, in my opinion. I do think that, I mean, the caveat that we have to consider with all of that is, I mean, you talk about it, how they're stacking the box to stop Eddie Lacy, and you just, in with a normal Packers team, you would never do that. Absolutely, right? yeah. Yep. You, you can't. They were so comfortable playing one-on-one on the outside. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so interesting that that's where we're at now yeah. with that team is that, I mean, the quarterback is still the same guy, and we saw him make some throws tonight towards the end of that game. It's like, well, his receivers are what they are, but, I mean, he made a couple throws. You're still like, man, oh, man. And, mm-hmm. But... The whole thing now is that you don't respect those receivers enough, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're disrespecting them. I'm saying they're probably playing the way they should. Is that they don't have receivers who are good enough to get open consistently? Yeah. So you say, I mean, you do what you always do. You say we got to take away the thing that we think they're going to use to beat us, and we'll take our chances with the rest of it. It's just, it's really interesting that that's become. We'll take our chances that Aaron Rodgers can beat us with his receivers. Yeah. It's just they they can't do it, and it's interesting before. to see teams so brazenly come out and say, we don't trust that you can throw the ball. So I guess that's a good point to ask, Ben. Do you feel like this is some kind of passing of the torch in the NFC North? That, I think, is going to be a very interesting question for the next couple of years. I, it's, boy, it's hard to say because I, there's, the Packers have so many injuries in, in spots that I mean, and the Packers seem like they deal with this every year. I mean, you know, last year they didn't have many injuries, but they, I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, they had a lot of guys hurt. They've had a couple other years, but they've had to deal with that. And I think the Jordy Nelson injury has been the obviously yes. the most massive one. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, they've they've typically found a way to get around it, and that's what we all kind of said is, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers will find a way to to get mm-hmm. past it, and they'll still find a way to to be as productive as they always were. And it looked like they might for a while with James Jones, but. It hasn't worked out that way. Um, it, so you're saying you feel like they're more one-year problems, maybe? I, with the I Packers. think a lot of them are. I, yeah. I mean, you know, they've got some things they have to fix. They have to figure out the protection stuff. They they're gonna have some decisions to make on the defensive line. They're gonna have some decisions to make with Julius Peppers, people like that. But it, at the core of it, if you get that offense running the way it it typically does, you sit sit there and say, okay, these guys can be back to what they've been in the past, but. You also feel like the Vikings are probably going to get better. So whether it's a changing of the guard, I don't know. I, I think that it is probably a signal that the days of the Packers running roughshod over the whole thing yeah, yep. are probably over. I mean, it, you know, they've had they've been in this NFC North title game three years in a row now. But this to me, and again, you know, we could be sitting here saying something different in a year, but this to me feels like the team that is finally ready to be their foil over more than a year. Now I need to ask the man who saw it coming. <laughs> do you, do you, Derek, think that this is a passing of the torch? Quite an introduction. Um, no. Yeah, yeah regale us with your uh, yeah. with your <laughs> prognostication wisdom once again. Ben, did you hear about me picking the Vikings? What uh, in Soldier Field too? When oh, uh, getting yeah. the score right? Uh, oh, you did. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you? Give a score for this game, for the Packer game. No, in fact, I don't know if you heard the explanation for that. Have, you, have I told you? Uh, it was for the purposes of the mic drop, was it not? No, no. Well, last week, yeah. Y- yeah, okay. So when we were previewing the Packers game, I said Vikings and dropped the mic. Okay, fine. But the reason that I don't give a score, have I explained that to you or no? No. Okay. 
That is because Andrew put me on the spot one week when the Vikings were headed to Soldier Field to play the Bears. Said, Wetmore, I'm I'm sick of your chicken blank. Basically what I say off air, I said it on air. Predictions, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he came after me and said, <laughs> I need a score out of you. Otherwise, I'm sick and tired of you puffing out your chest every week. And I said, okay. I say the Vikings are going into Soldier Field. They're going to beat the Bears, but it's going to be closer than you think it's going to be. They're going to prevail late, 23-20. And, of course, I mean. That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. That's, 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 not that's, pretty much. That's that is what happened. how it unfolded. And then the following week, I came on with the cop out that, well, I, I've got to stop picking scores because otherwise it's not going to be fun for people if they know the outcome when the game starts. So now I don't give scores, Ben. That's uh, that's so, the story. So you're doing us all a favor. All yes. Well, the listeners, it's, just, it's just for everybody. Just out of curiosity, where, what did your record end up being for the, the course of the We'll go back days? and look at that. we got to okay. look at the tape. I'm not, not ready to go. Uh, Derek, divulging that Derek, Derek Barry's tape. He the leader in the clubhouse is uh, thirteen and three. By the way, believe that that's, that's the bar you're shooting for. Can I can we stop that. bragging again and get back to the point? Mr. My Weber? question or no. to, your, to your question: No, it can't be a passing of the guard in the sense that, like, is it going to go from the Packers dominating the rivalry to the Vikings? Mm-hmm. No way, because the Packers still have number twelve. Like, are there some deficiencies? Yeah, we saw that today. I think you've seen that in other games. The Packers, you know, uh, was it losing to the Bears at Lambeau? This is the first year I saw this. Oh, wait, yeah, they just got swept. for. I didn't even think about that. First time since 1968. Oh, there's my thunder. 68? There's my thunder, and Ben's running off with it. You're Adam Schefter to Trey Wingo. First, like we saw that. Yeah, that's right. Sunday <laughs> An morning. An inside joke. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, running off, uh, yeah, first time since 1968 that the Packers have been swept at Lambeau by the three-division opponents, which is amazing. Whom they all it. beat on the road. It's very odd. Yeah, it's a weird a weird season for that the Packers weird. in yeah. that way. But, like, you look, we talk, about, we talk about, you know, uh, oh, is this, is this the end of the Packers? Um, I do think that they could get better next year. And, oh, by the way, Despite listening to like my friends who are Packers fans saying that, you know, my roommate's a big uh, Packers homer and says like, you know, every week the sky is falling, right? And I'm sure yeah. you guys have heard this kind of stuff on Twitter too. They're ten and six. Yeah, like they, it is in- they finished interesting. Ten and six. Yeah. Fire the head coach. Yeah, they they won ten games and Packers fans want to fire Mike McCarthy and like, okay, I get it. It's the nature of the NFL and stuff, but. In terms of making I – li- I like what you said, Ben. I think it, this makes the rivalry more competitive. I think this is sort of the pivot point year where it's like, okay, now now both teams kind of gear up for this game. The, I, I'm sure you know, Vikings fans and Packers fans alike are going to be looking forward to both games next season because finally you can look forward to some competitive games well, between I, these two. I think what – if the Vikings get their way, the next time these two teams play will be – probably the home opener at U.S. Bank Stadium. I, I think that, I mean, from talking to people in the organization, I mean, they want to come out with a big opener. and It'd be a way to do I it. I assume it will be prime time. I mean, the, I know the NFL likes to put the division games later, but you know, the Vikings open at home mm-hmm. against the Lions this year. I, if you, you put that on Sunday night opener, week mm-hmm. two Sunday night, mm-hmm. I could see that, especially after kill. Yeah. a pretty – compelling game tonight a pretty slow first half but it turned into quite the little uh it was a great game dramatic yeah finish there so i i could see that 
Yeah, especially if these two teams, I mean, if they do face each other again in the playoffs somehow, that's that's the one that just seems obvious, right? You yeah. would open the season. Yeah. It wouldn't be against the Bears or the Lions. I mean, th- those teams are rebuilding and still trying to go through what they're going through. But, Derek, I like your point in that as long as Aaron Rodgers is in the division, uh, they're going to have a shot no matter who's around them. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and you see it. They're 10-6 and six with a really terrible offensive line banged up. Uh, not terrible, but a banged-up offensive line, a terrible receiving core in my opinion. Right. That's You know, Randall Cobb's their top guy, and he's dropping passes left and right. It just it doesn't look right what they're doing on offense. They've switched between play callers. They've gone through so much that I think as long as they have Rodgers, they still make it through 10-6 and six in that. that. The Vikings have built kind of a foundation, though, that is going to challenge the Packers, yeah. like Ben said, that they haven't had. I mean, it's always been, oh, the Bears pop up, and they're good one year, or the Lions pop up, they're good one year like mm-hmm. they were last year. This is something where the Vikings, I think, can be perennial challengers yeah. now, and that's something that this division hasn't had since Brett Favre was crossing borders. Sure. Well, and I don't mean, I don't mean mm-hmm. to make it sound like a cop-out like all the Packers have is Aaron Rodgers. No, but, but you're I, right. It's I the same thing. It's, it's a it's, big variable. It's a big yeah. wild card. And I, I agree with your points on the Vikings. I think you look at the young core of this team. Yeah. Are they going to lose some players, and are they going to have some tricky decisions to make this winter uh, or this, this offseason once the uh, playoffs come to their conclusion, Whether no, you know, how, no matter how far the Vikings go? Um, are they going to have some interesting decisions? Yeah. And, like, in two years, are they going to have some interesting decisions? Definitely. But you look at the young core of the team building around players like um, Anthony Barr. It seems like Linval Joseph's a nice player coming in his prime. Harrison Smith's still young. Um, you know, Sheree Floyd, Xavier Rhodes. You can, you uh, can yeah. really rattle yep. off some yep. names. Ever Vikings, Griffin, yeah. Specifically on defense, I think, yeah. um, that the Vikings are really kind of Daniel building Hunter. around. Yeah, he's a, he's, there's a, he's a, there's a, a stud. Big name. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that, that defensive line, I think, has a potential to be very nasty. And homegrown, too. I mean, yeah. outside of Linval kind of yeah. plucking him. But and you yeah. also imagine, too, uh, once if, if – Zimmer kind of gets his home run hitters there on the line. The things he's freed up to do with the rest of that defense yeah. and the ability he's shown in game planning, I think the Vikings Vikings fans have to be very pleased with the product and the direction it's heading. Um, I, th- I think that yeah, to not to not use number twelve as a cop out necessarily to say, well, the Packers are always going to have a shot. I, I do think it's fair to say that the Vikings are are trending in the right direction and. I don't see any way that this is a one-year thing, given some of the core that's doing it right now. It's not like they're doing it in spite of youth. A lot of times they're doing it because of some of the young players. They also have a defensive co- or a defensive coach, not a defensive coordinator anymore, but a defensive coach who's been pretty good at slowing Aaron Rodgers down. Sure. I mean, dating back to the times that they played each other when Mike Zimmer was with the Bengals. I mean, he's had quite a bit of success against Aaron Rodgers to the point where Aaron Rodgers has credited him for that. So, you know, that's part of it that's not nothing i mean no it's not at all i mean and i think that gives them a shot to Mm -hmm. sort of especially with the defense i think they're going to have to get the better of the packers you know more often certainly than they have recently the 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 800 pound elephant in the room the 800 pound gorilla whichever one it is yeah elephants elephants definitely weigh more more than 800 pounds pounds. that'd be like a baby elephant yeah so the 800 pound baby elephant in the room (laughs) Uh, you are still built around a running back who's going to be 31 in March. I mean, I mean, yes, he's back. I mean, we're gonna we're all rolling our eyes about the prospect that somebody's going to come out with a hot take in February about why they should get rid of him. We know that's going to happen. We know it's bunk. He's going to be back, but at some point, you do have to develop a different offensive identity or at least a more balanced one. And that's kind of the thing I wonder about as the Vikings go forward right. is how do you do that? How do you get the offensive line to a point where 
it's functional again. I mean, they, they do have some things to figure out. They need more receivers, too. I mean, there's, there's to me, the issues that they have to face are on the offensive side of the ball, not the defensive side. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and actually, that's a great segue into what, Andrew, I was just going to ask you. Um, we're not talking a lot about Teddy Bridgewater after this game. He didn't do a lot of things particularly well for the Vikings. I think you could argue that they probably a won. left-handed interception. Threw it left-handed as he was falling down, and he said after the game, obviously I'm not left-handed. Uh, he said... <laughs> He said he, he did point that out. He was tweeting at himself, like uh, giving himself a hard time, like "Don't do that ever again, Teddy." I mean, that's oh, he did something that. to that effect. He yeah. had said that oh, in his post game press conference, just that like as a boneheaded decision. And uh, Zimmer said that he lit into Bridgewater. I asked Teddy. I said uh, he said he gave you a hard time. Is there anything uh, that can? Be repeated on TV, and he goes, "No, no, no, not at all." <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, go to no, probably not. I bet you Zimmer wasn't real nice uh, after that pick. But I would, I think you could pretty reasonably argue that the Vikings won this game in spite of their second-year quarterback, not because of him. Uh, Andrew, how how much of a how much of a red flag should that be? Basically, should should the Vikings be concerned that? Man, if, if you're going to beat the Seahawks, even though it is a home game, with the way that Seattle's rolling right now, averaging something like 32 points over the past eight weeks, going 6-2 and two in that stretch. Is, Including Trump and the Vikings. Yes. Pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. embarrassing the yeah. Vikings at TCF yep. Bank Stadium. Is that a cause for concern, given the, the kind of performance we just saw from Teddy Bridgewater like ben, at Lambeau? Yeah, like Ben just said, these this team's issues going forward and right now are still offensively. The Vikings scored 13 points on offense, uh, and it was really the game-changing play, and, and the one that won them the game was the uh, Everson Griffin kind of strip sack, and Captain Marlin picks it up and runs it in 55 yards for a score. Mm. Uh, I think you know, I wrote before the game that Teddy Bridgewater was carrying a hot hand into this one because he was, and it was something where the protection just kind of faltered. And, and Mike Zimmer said it himself: like he, you saw Teddy kind of running into pressure at times. He looked lost. He looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was ever in a rhythm. Did not look today. like the guy we've seen the last three weeks. No, not at all. And that's maybe the thing you kind of worry about: is sure. okay. Well, now when you're in front of this offensive line that is still. It's not even Jekyll and Hyde because it's you never really have the Jekyll days. Yeah. It's just like it's, it's just pretty much Hyde. Yeah, it's Mr. Just, Hyde. It's, it's, it's what version of Hyde are you going to get? Are you going to get the kind of mild one or the really terrible one? Is that Micah Hyde reference or is that an unintended <laughs> well, he was the pun? One that caught the left-handed <laughs> pick. Is that an unintended pun, you guys? That was That's a, solid. That was a hell of an interception too. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. Catch, like backhanded. backhanded. What a catch! Yeah, and and so I think that is a cause for concern. The one team I think you did not want to run into in the playoffs is Seattle. Sure. And for anybody, not, not just the Vikings. Um, so that's going to be a tough one no matter who they really had playing quarterback for them just because Seattle's playing so well. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That is the most, that's the most worrisome thing going forward for this team. But at the same time, the part about the identity and trying to find out who you are on offense, I think the struggles, at least to me, were created because Adrian was coming back into an offense they had already set for Teddy. Yeah, and then you shift it back. I think they might be have already if if you keep North Turner, if they keep the same continuity and the same staff, I don't think it would be much of a problem for them to pivot back and find a way to use Teddy Bridgewater in the offense without Adrian. But I totally agree with you. Adrian's here to stay. I don't I don't see any reason why they go through everything they did for him to lead the NFL in rushing the way he did this year. Why you would ever part ways with for him one now? Year, yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's there. And the way they structure the contract. And the way he's running, you don't, you, you just can't turn away from a guy like that who's yeah. tearing up the NFL like that. I, I just think he's going to be the focal point of this offense. Now, can Teddy then adjust to it mm-hmm. and, and exactly. become comfortable? Like he has been, though. You saw him. Like the past three weeks, he's looked great. Even yep. that loss in Arizona, that's where it all started. Yeah. And, and now, can he get back to feeling that way? And, and you wonder, too, how much just the circumstances affected his play tonight, not only the offensive line. But we haven't seen Teddy necessarily light it up uh, in, in super cold situations. Sure. Now, the Giants game, the Bears games, those were colder. I think the Bears game was the one where he really lit it up. I don't know how cold it was then. But my point is is that young quarterbacks like that, uh, you got to wonder at times the, the consistency factor. Uh, he said, I don't think it would, I, I think this – I would bet this was maybe the second, maybe the third coldest game he's played. Yeah. The Panthers last year, Bears this year would be the other ones. And the Panthers the game, they, they didn't have to do anything that game. It was the no, two-block punt yeah, game, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, he said after the game that the throws were there, and now we've heard him say that before. It's like kind of a commonly repeated theme. But uh, I put that on Bridgewater. Then you know, if the throws are there, if he believes the windows are there and the receivers are getting open, and they he said they found he should have thrown a touchdown to Jarek McKinnon yes, in the first quarter, especially early in the game in that first drive when they were exploiting one-on-one matchups. Bridgewater said kind of point blank that we saw some matchups we liked early it wasn't necessarily a sign that we were coming out and going for the deep ball and being really aggressive they just saw matchups they like and because of Bridgewater they failed to exploit those so I mean I think that's a bit of a cause for concern yeah and not to say that weather would be a crutch for Teddy because we've seen his inconsistencies in great weather sure and now they're going to move indoors next year that's not going to be a problem so I think for the playoffs though short term you do wonder okay is is this team built to kind of succeed especially up against the back-to-back NFC champion Seattle Seahawks I've got a theory I want to float by you Ben Uh, I floated this by Andrew and he just laughs me off but Mm -hmm. typical I mean genius isn't always recognized in the moment it's it's generally after the fact yeah you're Uh, you're ahead of your time typically (laughs) oh I didn't mean me did you think I meant me uh yeah okay well fair enough I can see how you would be led to that it's like a sauna in here with all the hot air (laughs) lead a horse to water and then hold his head under and make him drink (laughs) um Teddy Bridgewater we saw him last year. When did he come on? End of the season, the final yep. four games, right? Month of December this year. Past three weeks, yeah. up until coming well, into Lambeau the Field here game today. Was December, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Fair point. <laughs> well, he got a slow start, a late start to December. But, but my point. Average, yeah, go ahead. Teddy Bridgewater. Forget it, he's rolling. Great December quarterback. Just Teddy he plays great in the month of December. So and that was his problem tonight, is what you're saying. He was hindered by the fact that the calendar flipped before they had to come to Lambeau Field here and play this game against the Packers. I think this game's in December. We're talking different Teddy Bridgewater. You realize, Mr. And I, I know you're having fun with the point, but you realize here, Mr. Baseball Writer, Mr. Sabermetric, high sample size, that you are trotting this theory out with... One one January game in Teddy Bridgewater's career as evidence for it. Yes. <laughs> just wanted to check. I'm glad, I'm glad you know. It's like the witness at the stand who's just like leans into the mic. Yes. <laughs> I plead the fifth, yeah. Your Honor. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think though to to Derek's point, and that it, it's encouraging though. That that's an encouraging thing. I think you want to see him well playing at the end of the season. To, to see him playing his best ball here, and I'm very interested to see how he fares against what is probably one of the NFL's is maybe the NFL's best defense maybe. outside of Carolina in Seattle. And do you go back to what they've done the past three weeks and the quicker stuff where he's gone three and five step drops, getting it out, letting yep. the receivers yak, you know, instead of 
uh, the seven steps and letting something develop down the field. Yep. Even if you got a one-on-one matchup, you trust Teddy to hit that. I, I don't know where they're at right now. Now, before we close, we, we talked about the defense. We talked about how Mike Zimmer's transformed this team. Now let's talk. We talk about Teddy Bridgewater, Adrian Peterson. I think one interesting thing that's come along the last few games is Jarek McKinnon. And the way they've used him a little bit, Ben, you talked about it. That that They kind of motioned him out to receiver and then threw that kind of nine route to him, that mm-hmm. go route that yeah. should have been a touchdown because he was wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And he was at one point leading the Vikings in targets early on in the game. They were getting him involved early. He seems to be this kind of guy now that they, they – I don't know if they kind of realize something or they just now want to get him more involved. But he's a guy that I think could give teams trouble, especially if they find out ways to use him and Adrian at the same time, which we saw once the yeah. week before. Yeah, and I asked Mike Zimmer about that a couple of weeks ago, and he said, well, we, we've been lining him up there since OTAs. So I'm like, okay, great. He the just counter to that is, why didn't you do it in a game yeah. until week 15? I mean, you know. I, but they've got know, talent there is my point. Yeah, they've got they've, talent at running back beyond that Adrian. idea. Yeah, and, and he's a guy that can give you a different dimension. Yeah. He's so smooth catching the ball. Yeah, he is. I mean, in, in tonight, there were a couple plays where they just lined him up in the slot. I mean, yeah. to, to have a guy that you say, okay, we can move him around that much creates a lot of issues because mm-hmm. if, if you think he can catch the ball in the backfield – if you think he can catch the ball as a receiver, if you can start him in one spot, motion him to another. I mean, he becomes one of those guys that you have to be aware of at all times. And when Adrian is already a guy that you have to be aware of at all times, it makes things tougher for defenses. I mean, it reminds you a little bit of what Seattle thought they were going to have. And I'm not saying that McKinnon is at this point, but the idea of it is, I think, what Seattle thought they'd have with Percy Harvin yep. and Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. Yep. And a quarterback that can also move around a little bit. I don't know that we're going to see the read option stuff. We, we probably won't with Teddy, the way that Seattle does it. But mm-hmm. just having some versatility in your personnel like that, I think, can create a lot of headaches and a lot of options. Yeah. A lot of headaches for defenses, a lot of options for the Vikings. Well, yeah. don't let me start a quarterback controversy with this, this walk-off comment, but didn't Jarek McKinnon play triple option quarterback at <laughs> Georgia Southern? <laughs> he did. College? That he did. And that is one where um, I don't think they'll make a swap. That's my assumption. Maybe, maybe a little premature, yes. <laughs> I mean, let's see how the first half goes in Seattle before we really start entertaining that idea seriously. But, you know, it's just, Definitely. I'm just putting but it out there. They've got a player there in Jarek McKinnon who can create a lot of mismatch yeah, problems uh, so. outside of just having Adrian Peterson in your backfield. Now, I guess the only other lingering, lingering thing here with this Vikings game, they've had a bunch of injuries Uh Tonight, they saw Adrian leave a little bit with a back issue. Mm-hmm. I believe he said after the game the x-rays were negative. Yep, Mike Zimmer did. said he'll be fine. He expects to play Sunday regardless of his percentage chance or percentage availability, whatever the, the hell cliche we come up with. Um, <laughs> and, and linebacker Anthony Barr left for a little bit. I think the yep. biggest injury that I'm concerned or, or interested to see if they'll have a guy like tight end Red Ellison, who sure. has been a major part of the protection packages. Sure. That kind of went unnoticed throughout it, the game. And they but... ruled him out right away, which yeah. is normally yeah. not a good sign. He was still on the trainer's table when they ruled him out of that Man. game. When they when they said that and they carted him off, it kind of makes you think, is this going to be season And eight? it was a knee. So yeah. that's always the one where it's like, oh, okay, that's all the ligaments there you can name in terms of what can go wrong. Right. And, a lot of CLs. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I wondered that too. And, and we don't know, but it's, right. it's something we'll where if they lose out. him, that they're losing a big pass protector there, a full, um, a leading blocker for Adrian, too, underrated. who's motioned in the back. He's somebody that's really a cog to protecting Teddy Bridgewater. Well, the big, part of the reason they've done those two tight end sets has not just been to block for Adrian. Some of it has been let's create – 
a wide enough edge that speed rushers aren't coming around TJ Clemmings yep. outside shoulder. It's if they're going to beat him, they're going to beat him inside, but they're not going to just be able to outflank him and get to the quarterback that way. That's been a lot of the reason they've had. I mean, when they run two tight ends, it's almost always over on that. And side. we've seen the kind of progression too of how they've kind of tried to make things easier on TJ Clemmings. And yep. now they're all of a sudden. I saw it again tonight. They're, they're pulling, pulling Brandon, Brandon Fosco, Fosco to block, so then TJ can double down with Mike Harris. Yeah. And those are the kind of things you see him get creative now with it, and that's good because they need it. And, yeah. and it, it didn't necessarily work because Teddy was under fire the entire night. Um, but that's something where, against Seattle, that's going to be uh, one of the most important yeah. aspects is keeping Teddy Bridgewater clean. And if they don't have Ellison, you know, yep. Michael that Bruitz hurts. probably can do some of those things, but that's a lot to ask of a rookie in a it playoff hurts. game. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll talk about this more on Wednesday's Purple Podcast too, uh, Andrew, but having the big boy back in the middle sure would help a lot if you get Linval Joseph back and pair him next to Sharif Floyd. Seattle might have Marshawn Lynch back, too. Yeah. So. Oh, that'd be a hell of a matchup. Yeah. I, I'm hoping both players play. I think that's what you want to see is both teams at full strength kind of going at each other. Absolutely. Well, guys, anything else you wanted to tell me about that you got right? <laughs> no. No, I was, <laughs> was going to see if I could find something to pat Andrew on the back for. I don't have anything. I'm always wrong. I'm drawing a I'm blank. I got nothing. Well, um, oh, God, here you go. Let me think. We we might be a while, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That'll be the thing. This is good radio. Maybe that'll be the next teaser. Too. Check back to the next Purple Podcast <laughs> where they find here. out something Andrew Kramer did right. <laughs> All right, guys. I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Purple Podcast from Green Bay. We will see you back in Minnesota. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry. We console our brother. We don't point the finger. We go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.